Hi there, my name is uh, Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at King's and it is brilliant to be uh, uh, preaching, opening up the Word of God with you again today. Um, we finished last week in Antioch, um, in that city in Turkey, with a new church planted and a new church thriving. We saw that in the midst of tragedy and suffering in Jerusalem, God gave, the op- God gave opportunity and, and unexpected growth. Things that they, they never expected would happen, um, God was doing, God was at working. So why don't we return to these verses and uh, pick it up from there. So we're going to be reading Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 19 to 24. Uh, the words are going to come up on the screen. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, saw the grace of, and saw, saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. I, I, I love... I love those words in, in those verses. They, they are so, so full of life. This, I don't know, they increase expectation in me about what God wants to do. And there's one particular verse in verse 23 that I want to um, highlight today. I want to focus in on today and uh, give a bit of an explanation to. And it's, it's verse 23. It says this, When he came and saw the grace of God... I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, you know. Did you know that you can see the grace of God? Did you know that you can see his, his grace, his undeserved mercy and favour? That, that, that free gift, grace is a, a free gift. Salvation that we enjoy by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. Not earned not deserved by us. The only merit taken into account is the merit of Jesus Christ. It's what he has done. And in in many ways, actually, completely what we have done is is, is to the side. That, That doesn't matter. It is all of Jesus. And when Barnabas turns up in Antioch, it says that he could, he could see the grace of God. He, he, the truth is actually, he couldn't actually see the grace, but he could see its effect. In people's lives. If I was to say to you, can you see see wind? Um, You'd say, no, we can't. But you can see the effect of wind. If you look at a tree, you can see the branches swaying. You you know it's a windy day because you can see the branches and the leaves on the trees moving because of the wind. And in many ways, when Barnabas saw the grace of God, that's what he saw. He saw the effect of God's grace in people's lives. He could see how it was changing them, how it had transformed them, the the, the power that was worked within them. So what is it that Barnabas saw? 
I suggest that Barnabas saw something that he was familiar with. He, he saw something that he had seen before back in Jerusalem. If we go back a few chapters to Acts chapter 2, verses 32 through to 36, we see the church in Jerusalem and we see that it is thriving. We see it's gathered, it's grown to about 5,000 people. And these are some of the words. This is some of the grace of God that, that, that Barnabas was familiar with. Some of the grace of God that was um, evident in Jerusalem, and I believe he was seeing in the church at Antioch as well. It says this, All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them. See, God's grace could be seen in the church in Jerusalem. It was seen in Acts chapter 4, 32 and 33. It was seen in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through to 47 as well. These, these words are more familiar to us. We've read them on more occasions. This is when the church was about 3,000 um, in size, but, but God's grace was evident. It says this, all the believers were together. They had everything in common. Just, just imagine that. Um, not, not as it were counting your possessions your own. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I mean, this is evidence of the grace of God, God's wonderful salvation at work in their lives. It, it didn't just stay hidden on the inside, it got expressed on how they lived, on what they did for one another. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts, maybe a little bit like we uh, have been meeting every day for the week of prayer. Something of the grace of God being seen in our lives as we are hungry to meet together and pray. We're hungry to meet together and we're hungry to seek the living God. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. A little bit later, we're going to be breaking bread in our homes. Um, maybe not in the way that we'd like to, um, but, but, but we're still able to break bread in our homes. These are signs of God's grace at work within the community. They're signs of God's grace at work in our lives. And when God's grace gets active, it changes us. It isn't a paper-thin change. You know, it, it, you know maybe, maybe the change could have been that they were just polite to one another on Sunday mornings when they met. No, it wasn't, it wasn't just paper-thin. It, it affected their, 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 their nine till five. It affected their Monday through to Saturday as well as their Sunday. The grace of God just could be seen. And it wasn't based on their effort. It wasn't that they tried really hard to be different. No, no, the gospel changes us. When, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, it says we're given a new heart. It has an effect. It must be seen on the outside. And, and if it's not seen on the outside, then, then according to what it says in the Bible, the thing we should question is, are we saved? If, if it's only an internal thing, and has no effect on how we live life, then, then the question, it's a hard question to ask, but it's a really important one to ask, is do I really know Jesus? Because the gospel changes us. Let me give you another way of thinking about it. It, it comes from the Bible. Another way where we can see the grace of God at work. You know, the church should operate a bit like 
a human body. Now, somebody's body, my body, your body, is made up of lots of different parts, and they have lots of different functions. But they are so beautifully crafted together that when it's working right, our bodies have incredible potential. Now, at this point, I could give you a, a whole load of facts about the human body. I don't know if you took all of our veins out and spread them and put them end to end, how long they'd be, or um, I don't know, how clever our brains are and how they function, or our nervous system, or how strong our bones are, or how, how our body has this incredible ability to heal itself. All of those things are amazingly true, um, but, but at the end of the day, we, our human bodies, are made up of lots of different parts, and they all have different purposes but together they create something quite incredible. And the church is designed by God to operate in the same way. Let me read you some key verses. The first one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 12 to 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We, the church, are also very, very different, but we come together, we form one body. That, that's the idea, We're, that, that just as the human body is one. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not known by my feet or my knees or, or how my heart pumps. I'm, I'm known as Paul. I'm one body, although all of those bits make, make up who I am. And in the same way, King's Church, we are one body but made up of loads of different parts. Um, whether it's, whether it's uh, Andrea doing church news whether it's someone that's leading a connect group, um, whether it's someone that is serving within the food bank, whether it's you um, as an, uh, a nurse over operating in A&E and serving in that way. We are all part of one body, but we all have different things to do. That's how God has designed it in his wisdom. Great diversity, great difference in how we even think and, and what we like and what we don't like. Our backgrounds are so different. He, he talks about whether we're Jews or Greeks. It, it doesn't matter our nationality or our, our ethnicity. It doesn't matter what economic background we come, back, we come from, but as we come together, we form one body in Christ. It's, it's an incredible privilege. That's what we were saved. We were saved to know Christ, but we were saved into a body as well. We were all given one spirit to drink. And there are two dangers that the Apostle Paul, who wrote Corinthians, wants to quickly address in these passages. He's worried about two things. The first danger is actually that we despise ourselves and therefore think we don't really have we don't really fit into the body. We're not really part of it because, because, because we don't think we have a part to play. It, um, it, it says it in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 16 to 20. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 
If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. And there's a danger that for some of you, just as for the church in Corinth, there were some people in the church at Corinth who discounted themselves. They thought, but I've got nothing to offer. I, I, I can't stand on a stage or I can't pray out publicly or I, I, I can't lead worship or, or I don't know how to work within the food bank or I don't have time for this because I'm so busy in my work or, or looking after the kids. I'm not really part of the body. And the Apostle Paul, and I, I want to join with him in saying this, no, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Every single one of us who's born again as we gather together, whether actually we're scattered at the moment, we can't gather, but we are part of the body of Christ. We are part of kings and a valuable member of it. It says in verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Now, you may not be overly happy with where God's placed you, but, but remember, God has placed you there. And you are valuable. We, we need you. We work better when you're working well amongst us. But secondly, there's another danger we can fall into, and it's the danger of thinking that I don't need anyone else. I'm okay on my own. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 21 and through to 23, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. We've got to be so careful that we're not proud, that we look down on others. You know, we think, well, actually, I don't need to connect because I'm all right on my own. I don't need other people. In a sense, what we're saying, we may not say it with our words, we may not even consciously think it, but subconsciously it's there is, I'm all right on my own. I don't need anything that you've got to offer. And certainly in these COVID times, I think there is a danger that although we'd never consciously think it maybe, and we certainly wouldn't say it, our actions communicate it because we withdraw. You know, we may, we may connect on the YouTube channel every now and again, but we're, we're not participating in any sort of relational connectedness. We're not coming into connect groups or we're not gathering to pray or we're not doing anything where we're with one another. That fellowship, that one anothering, and we do need one another. Even if you think you're okay on your own, and men in particular, I think you can think you're self-sufficient, I don't need anyone else. No, we do. We do. If we're going to grow well, we need one another. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So what should we be doing? Well, these verses in 1 Corinthians 12 give us the answer. 24 to 26. But God has put the body together. I love that. We have been at Kings. We have been put together by God, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body but that its part should have equal concern for each other. Are you concerned about others who are part of kings? That, that's whether strong or whether weak. Whether you're thinking, no, I'm, I'm self-sufficient, I've got it all sorted, or whether you think you've got no part to play. Actually, we're all needed. We're all needed. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. So what should we be doing? We should be caring for one another. Many parts, but one body. How, how, how are you expressing concern? How are you expressing care? How are you 
connecting with others. I just want to encourage you, even as we go into this second, uh, third lockdown, um, be active as part of the body of Christ. Many parts, but one body. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. This is an incredible illustration. We realise that each and every one of us is linked, we're joined to Jesus Christ, but we also realise that we are linked, we are joined to one another as well. Do you see it? Do you believe it? Can it be seen in your life? Now, one of the ways we want to see this worked out is through something that we are looking to introduce um, next month. As many of you will remember, I mentioned before Christmas at the family meeting that we're going to be introducing 242 groups. These will become a place where the stuff we've been looking at in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 can get worked out um, on the ground. Fellowship, breaking bread, prayer, generosity, spiritual gifts, leadership opportunities, witness, allowing us to grow bigger yet remain family on the ground. These will be groups of 50 to 100 people, five to eight connect groups led by a pastor. They're going to gather once a month in order to do life together. The first time we're going to be meeting is the first week of February. Connect groups are going to remain unchanged. They're still going to be meeting, but actually every connect group is going to get put into a 242 group. So you're going to join together. You're going to be able to maintain relationships as you do it. In fact, every single person who's a member of Kings is going to get put into a 242 group. You're going to be invited to join one. It's going to become a key part to how we pastor, disciple, and care for one another. Now, you may get put into a 242 group and think, oh, it's not quite where I want to be. Well, look, give it a couple of weeks. And if it isn't, contact the pastor and say you'd like a change. That is not a problem at all. 242 groups were going to be based into each venue. So Hastings is going to have some, Bexhill is going to have some, and St. Leonard's is going to have one as well. So if you want to be part of Central St. Leonard's, why not make sure that you connect um, to that 242 group? As we introduce 242 groups, it's going to help us navigate out of lockdown and, and it's going to improve our health as a church as well. I absolutely believe that. We're going to be letting Connect Group leaders know later this week which 242 group they're in. And then the following week, we're going to let everyone else know um, where you'll be joining, where you're going to be invited to join. It's where we want to see Acts 242 to 47 worked out on the ground. Family developed and the grace of God seen. As I close, I want to close by just asking two questions for you to ask, or ask of yourselves. The first one is this. How is the grace of God seen in your life? Remember, the gospel is effective. It, it, it should be worked out. It, it needs to be seen. How's the grace of God seen in your life? Maybe it's a fresh love for the Word of God. Maybe it's fresh appetite for, the, for, for, for prayer. Maybe it's a desire to connect with one another, even though we can't, and you're doing the best you can some way or other. How's the grace of God seen in your life individually? And then secondly, how's it being expressed in community? How's the grace of God being expressed in the church? How are you expressing it? How are you showing care for one another 
in how you're doing church at this point in time. Now, it's difficult. It is difficult in lockdown, I know that. But there are creative ways that you can engage. could be taking a bit of exercise with one other person. That is absolutely fine. But it may be reconnecting to your connect group online. You know, you haven't done it, you're worn out, you're tired, you don't want to do it anymore. But actually think, no, come on, lockdown is nearly over now. I'm going to go again in this area.